and girls of estate agency land. Today is Monday the 19th of December 2022 and let's be honest it's been a bit of a roller coaster of a year. 2020 and 2021 were absolutely rocket ship years where basically you could put anything on the market and it would sell. 2022 started and again the year was continuing on and it was just the same. The difficulty was getting properties on the market. The lettings market was well the, the prop, number of properties available to rent, tenants weren't moving, rents going up by double-digit inflation. It's been an interesting market. And then we had the calamity of the Liz Trust um, budget. And everyone in the newspapers is saying that the property market's on its backside, it's the end of the world. So what I've done today, powered by the ICG, is brought together some of who's who of UK estate and letting agency to look at the stats and Mullover using a virtual glass of Chardonnay because it is nine o'clock on a Monday morning. So I think it's even a bit too early, even for the likes of this rabble around the table. And today I'm joined by uh, Anne Carrad Truman, who is the boss lady of CGT, a four branch letting agency in sunny Gloucestershire and Cheltenham and Gloucester and some other outlying towns. And uh, Harry's going to talk to us about the letting stats and, and wh where she sees the market going. We're joined by Verona Frankish, who is the boss lady of Yopa, uh, and she's been uh, working for various different firms, and she's going to give more of a, a national point of view of where the stats are going. We're joined by the giant that is Lee Wainwright. Lee is boss man of Folk and Agent, one of the best uh, other ones are available, but one of the very best. Oh, well. uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> right. we've got to be good, boys and girls, we've got to be good. Um, um, outsourcing for photos and floor plans and other groovy 3D stuff like that uh he is export national boss of purple bricks and was one of the biggest names in countrywide in london when countrywide were a force to be reckoned with we're joined by matt gilpin who is mr stats himself from sprift the firm that uses property data to get you more listings love matt to bits and matt's here to join a different point of view and then finally it couldn't be an icg webinar with basically the one of the biggest names in the industry ian white who is mentor and guide and guru to some of the biggest estate agency chains in the UK. Um, he also is boss man of Krupp's careers, but basically he has a wonderful point of view of where the market's going. So I think the first important thing is, is let us, before we start ramming stats down the throats, let's go to the agents first and talk about in, 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 in a subjective way, what's 2022 been like for you, Verona? Good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me, Chris. Um, I think uh, to use a football analogy, it's actually been a year of two halves. Um, so we we've seen uh, the first half was uh, was buoyant. Uh, the market was, I guess, coming out of uh, the pandemic and coming out of, as you you rightly said, a couple of really booster years. We were buoyed with how 2022 was was going. Um, and then obviously uh, we had a, a number of, of, of challenges in the second half, well, from September onwards, really. Um, and after the mini budget, there's no question that that, that threw a huge amount of uncertainty into, into the sector. Uh, and if there's one thing this sector doesn't like most, it is uncertainty. So the mini budget definitely had a, had a significant impact. October 
despite what happened actually traded okay but then we saw a significant acceleration of the seasonal slowdown as we entered november and december so we're definitely ending uh 2022 in a in a much flatter uh way than than we started to be honest um and i guess my my hope is that that uncertainty uh is we we based as we enter 2023 because i'm quite an optimistic person so uh my view is that let's get the uncertainty and the bad news out now and let's start 2023 afresh okay let's go to harry harry from, from your point of view as a letting agent yeah so um so i'm predominantly lettings based i do run an estate agency as well but uh sort of lettings area um and we first 2022 has been a very interesting year in that we are doing better than we were uh, sort of pandemic years but we're nowhere near back to what we were pre-pandemic pre and we're sort of just coasting along um we're still seeing a massive demand from tenants and really reduced stock levels in terms of churn in terms of new properties coming to the market but actually looking back at our figures um we are ending the year on a similar basically exactly the same portfolio levels so all of the landlords that are leaving, that are leaving to sell because of this great sales market that we've been seeing, uh, we are replacing them with basically exactly the same amount of new stock. Uh, so it's sort of a bit of a meh year, really, 2022 for us. We've coasted along. It hasn't been awful, but it also hasn't been sort of the heights of pre-pandemic that we would have experienced. Also, Chris, you uh, did me out of a branch then, by the way, when you introduced me. It's five branches, not four. <laughs> <laughs> you know, next you <laughs> Next year we get the pie chart out and bragging about that, won't you? <laughs> oh, nearly. There you go. Okay. I mean, interesting. Let, let, why don't we look at stock levels now? And I'm just going to pull up this sc this screen here in terms of stock levels. So let's just have a look here. Hold on. Here we go. So that's the stock levels that we've got at the moment. And you can quite clearly see that the number of resi sales listed at uh, stock, and this was on the 1st of December, is now starting to rise. What's the number of rent resi lettings listings um, available on the 1st of December has gone down from 334,000 to 148,000. That doesn't mean that the number of rental properties has halved. It just means that the number available on the, on the market has, 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 has dropped. Let's go to Ian White. Ian, let's, let's look at lettings to start with. The, the, the rental market in terms of, you know, the rents have gone up by double digit. I'm going to pull up a, a screen whilst you start talking in terms of the average rents. But why are there fewer properties coming on the market for rent? Uh, well, I think I think there's a little bit of churn where, you know, due, due to the consistent attack on the private rental sector, people are disposing of their assets. So you're not seeing the churn in the marketplace. Um, it's going to be so longer because of the uncertainty of getting finance and should they buy, shouldn't they buy? Although we are now seeing evidence that at the lower end of the rental market, people are leaving the rental sector to buy. So there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, churn going on in that. But, but, but in reality, the conditions to be a landlord are just starting to recircle to be a positive outcome, i.e. the rents have risen to a point where the yields have returned into the marketplace. Um, and you might start to see in certain parts of the UK where we're not talking about the very high end of the market, but the sort of middle the middle to lower end of the, the pricing spectrum where investors might start to uh, come back into the market as uh, rental prices rise and house prices stagnate, stroke maybe come back a little bit, the yields return to the market. And as long as there's affordability, um, 
or if you're a cash investor, it's it's. I think you're going to see a little bit of it coming back. But 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 in real terms, the market shrunk because the government shrunk it. Let's go to Ang Harrod. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, we, we were talking about this before we, we sort of all came on camera that um, some of the when you look at available rental properties, some of the problem that we might be having is that a lot of letting agents don't actually put their available properties on the portals now, because when you're swamped with 150 different inquiries for one two bedroom house, what agents are starting to do is they're holding back putting properties available on this on right move on super on the market and they're calling out and they're actually letting those properties just buy a phone outs rather than actually using the portal tools. So some of these figures might be slightly skewed. And like me and Chris were talking about, one of the better figures to use is actually the referencing data is how many tenants are being referenced every month. And that will give you a true reflection of how many properties are becoming available and how many tenancies are then starting during that month. It's, it's interesting. We'll go to Ian in a second, but um, Barbon, which are, you know, they've got over 50% of the market, sent me over the weekend some stats on the number of referencings they're doing. And what is absolutely fascinating, now I haven't got the stats available for, for this webinar because it literally came through over the weekend, but the number of properties that um, are available and the number of references, the gap has just gone like that. But actually what I'm noticing is, is that the agents are then just putting the properties let agreed straight on. They're not putting it on as, as available. So what's happening is, is the gap, you would expect a, a gap, an average gap between available and let agreed, but it's gone wider and wider and wider. Um, and I think you're right. And I think there's a big thing there is, is that our agents just putting their properties not on the market as available, but getting the things that rent. So there's a big tip for tenants, if you're watching this, is put your name on the name of the mailing list of an agent to build a relationship. It's going to be in white. Oh, I just really wanted to support what Harry said, is the fact that uh, certainly most of my clients will not, as a first point of action now, put their property, uh, let property, uh, onto the market. I, I, I think Harry's being quite polite where, where it's skewed. I think it's completely irrelevant almost, because I, I, I know agents that are listing properties and they just don't use the portals to... to, to um, uh, they only put them as, as let, and that could be 10, 15, 20 properties a month. Multiply that by all the people that aren't my clients, and I, I'm guessing the numbers are skewed, completely skewed on the letting side, not on the sales, but on the letting side. They're a little skewed on, on the sales, but not, not by no means, because the agents can't cope with the leads. I mean, letting them is not the problem. It's, it's getting them listed that's the problem. Let's go to Matt from Sprift and then Lee. Yeah, just a quick one um, to the agents on the call is, um, are you seeing anything uh, from the uh, the change that's been brought in around uh, the EPC rating levels affecting the uh, the rental stock available? Let's go to Harry first. Uh, no, not necessarily. I think I think this is more of a problem for the future. And I'd say that um, as that minimum rating increases, I think that's when we're going to really start to see this hitting the availability of rental stock because the, the EPC, the means changes, is a query that I have on average once a week from different landlords saying, do you know anything more about this? Is there any more, is there any more uh, timelines been set? And that's what, it's, it's as we move up the, the sort of minimum rating and get closer to C, that's I think when we're going to start to see rental properties removed from the market because landlords just cannot afford to do those changes to make them rentable. So yeah, I, I think at the moment, no, not so much, but definitely in the future, this is really going to affect us. Verona, have you got anything to add on this one? Well, I, I don't do lettings, so it, it doesn't affect from a lettings point of view. We're not seeing any material impact from a sales point of view. I, I agree with you, Harry, that longer term, it will have a material impact, but not right now. 
Okay, let's go right for reply back to Matt from Sprift. Well, it's more the fact that, uh, well, without sort of going into uh, jumping too much ahead to sales, um, we'll see looking at the composition of the, the market at the moment, it's there's a real a sort of the flats available in the market. It seems largely to be static, but uh, if we're looking, say, a year ago, but it's 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 um, uh, houses and in particular three bed houses with a real boost of those available in the market. Now, is that people um, because of uh, um, you know, increase in energy costs? Is it landlords offloading? Um, kind of you know, what what sort of your yeah, thoughts around why there be an increase in a particular type of property that? That hasn't been such a, uh, you know, it's really sort of skewing at the moment, that type of property in the market. Is that rental properties, Matt? No, it's sort of coming more into sales, that is. But okay, that's um, more sales. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Real, real sort of peaks going on in sort of certainly, yeah. I mean, three bed semis are just, um, compared to where they were this time last year, in terms of percentage of the market, huge, huge increase. Whereas, I mean, houses in general, uh, a lot higher, whereas flats, pretty sort of static. Um, going back sort of yeah, tw 12 years. So um, that's kind of what we see in, yeah, in our data and just thinking, okay, well, what are the reasons for that? Um, and then actually what part of the market should should agents be chasing uh, from that? Well, so let's, let's hold that thought. It's a great thought. Let's go to Lee Wainwright. Yeah, so um, I, I just think it's interesting, Chris, when we talk about the market fundamentals, because the market fundamentals drive the behavior of, of, of various groups within the within the sector. So, you know, you think about um, the emotion that's involved in finding your your place for your family to live. Um, actually, that's that's super important. And, and you start rationalizing that with objectivity and you, you think of some crazy things like, well, you know, why are people paying on average three or four percent over the asking price to save one percent in stamp duty? Um, it doesn't kind of make sense, but emotionally, it feels good to be part of the property market. And, and Harry, what you described for me, that market fundamental of 150 leads for one property, that clearly drives the behaviour um, of agents to, to control the workflows and to, and to control volumes. Uh, and for me, I think that's, that's, that's a really important concept to think about with data. What, what is the data telling you is the opportunity for you to lead? What is the data telling you is the opportunity for you to differentiate? What is the, the, the data telling you is, is the opportunity for, for, for you to win? Um, and, and for me, I think what's been really interesting over H2 and Q4 2022 is that the, the fundamentals have really shifted. Uh, and, and unless we talk about them on, on calls like this, it's, it's very easy just to think that agents are as busy as they were. So you know, certainly in the sales market, and I know we'll have a look at the data, Chris, there was as many instructions this November as there was last November, but net sales, sales less cancellations were down by a third. And that's, that's where most agents are getting paid. So how can you do as much work and get paid a third less without changing your behavior to adapt to those fundamentals? And, and for me, I just think it's, it's so important in, in, in property for us to have these kind of debates and, and, and call out these sort of um, um, try, uh, trends within the marketplace because you know, agents need to change their behavior. And um, I, know, I don't think you and I have talked about this yet, but one of the things I was, I was blown away by was that the sales versus listing ratio in November got better from October. There was nothing within the market that said that sales versus listing ratio should get stronger. 
but agents doubled the number of price reductions that they did. And by doubling the number of price reductions, they adapted to those market fundamentals and made a difference to their businesses and well, those sorts of things just and, and as Harry talked about, you, you can't do 150 you can't deal with 150 applicants on, on one property. Just can't do it. You've got to change your behavior. Before, let, hold that thought because we want to go down that rabbit hole big time on the on the sales figures. Let's just have a quick look at the rental figures whilst we're at it. So I'll just share the screen now and we'll pull this up now. So as you can quite clearly see that the the medium listing price. So this is around 2017. This is 2018 here. So it went from around 900 down to 800. And 2019, she jumped up to around 900. And at the moment, she's now knocking on the door of 1,200 pounds. I mean, absolutely fascinating. The average rents have gone up by double digits, somewhere in the order of, I'm going off memory now, 17, 18%. Uh, although interestingly, um, rents between 2010 and 2018 only went up by like four or five percent. Um, do you think? Do you think? Uh, let's go back to Harry. Why do you think rents have just gone up? Is it just a simple lack of supply? Yeah, predominantly it's a supply and demand issue. And until we resolve the supply problem, until we encourage landlords to either stay in the market or or enter the market, we're gonna have, it's, it's gonna continue. Um, we've seen massive demand from tenants since the pandemic, as I mentioned, 150 inquiries per rental property. And it's the tenants competing with each other that is driving the rents up. One of the problems that we're seeing um, is because of this uh, better sales market is that landlords are taking the opportunity to take their property off once it becomes vacant and then sell it. From my own data, what I can see is that of all the property, all the rental properties that were sold in this last year, 50% of those sold to owner occupiers. So what we're seeing is a vast amounts of rental property is being lost from the rental industry completely, which means there's less there for tenants to go at, which means rents continue to go up. Um, and until we resolve the supply problem, um, it, it's just going to continue really. And I just, I don't understand why, why government don't see this actually, why they're just continuing to penalise landlords, um, because it's, it's, it's in, in the end, it's going to affect tenants. Let's go to Ian White. I think what you're hearing across all of everybody's things here are, are actually the solutions for, for, for our audience, which is how do you make headway regardless of the, the headlines and the mass hysteria that goes on behind the headlines? Because you've got the headlines which are clickbait, they're there to grab attention, and you've got the reality of what's going on. But, you know, Harry has described an opportunity in relation to the fact that if landlords are unsure about this EPC and how this is going to affect their ownership of the property, well, putting out that expertise through your marketing allows you to connect with those people. Well, there's an opportunity. If you're seeing a uh, exponential increase in the numbers of, say, three bedroom properties coming into the market, let's presume that's because of affordability, but you'd need to do more detailed research. Then you can point your marketing and your conversations and your efforts towards that marketplace. So, you know, you can you can you can get swallowed up by the headlines and come to it's the end of the world. Or you can look at the actual opportunity that's being created and certainly in the letting space there are umpteen ways that you can connect with a landlord that just didn't exist before the this this problem arose and there is a new market of people wanting to list and your numbers show that they're actually outperforming the number of people that were listing previously so the market's got bigger in terms of intent to sell you know i'm now on the market i want to sell um which creates estate agents with all the ingredients they need. They just need to make sure they're in the right space for selling and that they understand how to communicate with landlords. If they do those two things, 
if there is a restriction in the market, i.e. transactional volumes or letting volumes drop, which I think they probably will if we're honest, then it won't be their problem, it'll be their competitor's problem. Um, and as long as it's their competitor's problem, then, then that's fine. Our audience are the ones we're trying to protect. We can't protect everybody. Um, but there is opportunity here if you just understand what's going on, the dynamics. Lee used a great word, I can't remember what it was, but the actual, if you understand the dynamics of the market, then that gives you all of your plan, all of your strategy, all of your marketing approach, all of your scripts, all of your effort and energy can be pointed at where there is actually growth or where there is actually opportunity, because there is loads of it. I mean, tons of it. Why are why are very agent why are agents very in the moment at the cold face and not able to take a step back and work on the business? Let's go to you, Lee. Um, I'm I'm not sure that that's that's fair, Chris. I think there's a lot of very good agents. Never uh, said they weren't good, but I'm just saying is that a lot of us are guilty of working too close to the cold face and not taking a step back, working on the business, not in the business. To, to to spot these opportunities yeah so i think um yeah so let's let's just make sure we separate it so I, I i think it's really important that we've got a lot of good agents uh in, in and around the uk particularly connected with the icg who are listening to to these kind of debates and and deciphering deciphering what it means to them but agency is one of those things that you you fall into and stay in for 40 years because you enjoy the day-to-day -day operational tasks and it, it requires discipline to get yourself into a position where you you have a look at your data every now and again uh, for me it's regular cadence where you just have a look and go well what what is that opportunity um in the market in the current fundamentals so I think a lot of agents responded really well in the in the sales sector with price reductions across October and November, but the um, the discipline required to have a look at what the data is telling you is a discipline that needs to be there every week in a routine in a regular cadence to make sure that um, you don't miss opportunities to be better than your competitors because because of something that's happening in your town, in your region, in your business, that, that is a competitive advantage. Ian White. Uh, I, I think I think Lee hit on it really right at the end as well, is that you, you have a choice as an estate agent. You can be influenced by the headlines or you can be influenced by the facts. If you hear often enough and you're, you're hearing it on the press and you're hearing it back from your customer base and you haven't bothered to look what's actually happening in reality, then it, it, you, you just become you just become weathered down. But but there are there are plenty of estate agents who've reacted. And the bit I wanted to point out is well I I think they have reacted in terms of the prices. I think the prices created the inertia in the market that the commentators didn't expect to happen. This is in the sales market. Um, so I think I think the inertia that we've seen that surprised many, which is that in reality the numbers have just returned to pre-COVID normality in most cases has been created by good estate agency that have got on and done the things that are needed to be done of course there are the elite and of course there are the people at the bottom end and the difference between the two is 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 having the strategy to beat whatever comes at them as opposed to complaining and moaning about the mini budget it's happened it's gone you can't do anything about it what's the outfall what behaviors has that brought about where's my opportunity i'm going to go and get the opportunity so I, I think as, a, as an industry, we have reacted very well to the market, particularly on, on sales. It's a bit harder for lettings because they're getting bombarded. Their sector is being attacked by the government. They're, they're trying to shrink the, the space to corporatize it, just as the same as they did with the insurance businesses 30 years ago. Um, 
that's going to be a tough ask. But I but I think now you're seeing in the halls of power, uh, and I'm seeing sort of papers coming around from ministers and things where they're suddenly realising that the very people they wanted to help to get their votes are actually being punished. And and I think they're about to start changing their policy on the. And it happens every. Look, look on the cycle. They they go after landlords because it's popularist. They then go back and and say to the landlords help. They're going to do it again. It's going to happen. It's just how, when, and who, and under what, and under what leadership. But um, the sales market is opportune. It, it's robust. Um, it'll have its ups and downs, but there's plenty of opportunity in there. Um, before, and the agents are reacting. The agents are reacting. Before we go and look at the sales market, let's just go to, to Harry. Harry, what advice would you give to any agent here? Very quick couple of sentences on working on the business, in the business, when you're looking at your stats. I think um, I, was, I was about to put my hand up and mention actually that I think when you're looking at stats, it's really important to constantly ask why. So you look at your stats and you say you have a, a bigger week than normal for applicants, or you agree more sales or agree more or less than usual. And every single time you look at a stat, you need to figure out why and look deeper into that stat to, to work out why it's happened. And if it's something that you can control, if it's a good stat, to do more of it. So for instance, one of the things we're seeing is um, I'm, much higher amount of landlords are taking up our rent guarantee at the moment and um, obviously when we look at it and we think why we think it's because landlords are concerned with cost of living that their rent arrears are going to go up so what we're going to do now is we're going to market more around our rent guarantee policy really push our rent guarantee policy as a way to attract landlords to the business because thinking about the why that's that's the pain point for landlords at the moment that's what they're worried about they're worried about their arrears not being paid we push the rent guarantee hopefully that will attract more landlords to us then so yeah my my advice would be always why why are these stats happening and how can i do more of it if it's a good thing just just a quick one before we do move on to the sales market and i still want you to stay here because again it's important house prices are relevant to landlords it, generally are your arrears drifting downwards or going upwards so our arrears, uh, our peak of arrears was was um, in the pandemic. That's when they were the highest. And slowly but surely since sort of, I think it was uh, September 2020 was our peak for our arrears. Since then, they've been coming down. They're actually now sitting below pan pre-pandemic levels, which is great. Um, I think because we've been able to take action against the, the larger arrears, we've been able to, to get those evicted out of the property. But yeah, thankfully, at the moment, um, uh, lower than uh, pre-pandemic levels, which is great. Okay, interesting stat for you boys and girls out there. During lockdown one, if you self-managed your property, you were 272.5% more likely to have a tenant two or month uh, in arrears for rent. So that's a great stat for you to mention to landlords when you're saying, why should I manage? You pay for your management fees because you're 272.5% more likely to get arrears of <coughs> more thanks for joining us rona's batch had a problem with the computers thanks very much right right then what i want to do is now come on and talk about sales and quite fundamentally i'm going to show you some absolutely shockingly a bad graph at the moment this is a graph which shows the number of sales the number of new instructions fall throughs and price reductions in the uk and uh, it doesn't make good reading or does it so here we go i'm pulling up a very very nice graph here and you should be able to see on the right hand side this lovely graph. The red line is new instructions. The yellow line is set. Sorry, the red line is. Oh, I, always, I always get this one wrong. Hold on two seconds. Right. So the blue line is fall throughs. The green line is price changed. The yellow line is new instructions. And the red line is sale agreeds. Although I've got, I've got, you know, 
it's not very professional, is it? Sorry, I'm, I should have the, the stats. There we go. Hold on a second. There we go. So the fundamental thing there is the number of fall throughs. Sorry, the number of, um, let's just pull that back. Hold on a second. Stop sharing. I'll come back to that one. So let's look at uh, the number of properties that are sold to bit, uh, selling on the sold contract. Just pull that up now. So here we go. So here we go. What we've got here, the blue line is sold to bit contracts and the red lines are fall throughs. And as you can quite clearly see, I think what we are very guilty of <laughs> is comparing 2022 to 21 and 20, when in reality, 20 and 21 were extraordinarily different years. And if you actually look, 22 is identical to 17, 18 and 19. We have a fall through at Christmas, uh, everything drops off the scale at Christmas, and we have the lockdown with the lock. Any thoughts on that one, boys and girls? And I'll just, whilst you're talking about that, I'll go and prepare that other graph. Are you asking anyone specific, Chris? Uh, well, yeah, uh, Ian, you go first while I just prepare this graph. Hold on. I think I think it's fair to say that aborted sales ha have increased. I, I I think there has been a number because there was we had a pipeline that, that a, a portion of it was put together before chaos, and it went through chaos, and that chaos shook the tree, and we saw some abortives come out. But I think, largely speaking, that's happened. Um, those that can be renegotiated or those where the buyer was still wanting to go ahead and the seller still wanted to sell have happened. And the pipelines have now been replenished with, in effect, largely speaking, deals that have been done under the new, the new circumstances with the new lending, the new mortgage criteria and everything else. So I think whatever effect that was going to have on abortives has happened. Um, uh, you, we always get higher abortives. But I want to say we always take the last two years out of the equation, which were were you, you can't use them statistically as being meaningful because I don't think they were. Um, generally speaking, you get abortives towards the end of the year because basically just people get to the point where the agents have to admit their deal isn't a deal and they have to change them back to for sale or they have to do something about it. And so do the owners and the sellers. So um, but but I think I think the point of the stats, Chris, and the ones that I you know I see and follow with you is that you know in reality behind the headlines is we're just moving back to 2017 2002 2019 numbers um we might be there for slightly different reasons the dynamics and the makeup of the market the type of people that are selling and buying renting and landlords and those, those sorts of things the makeup might have changed but the actual size of the market has just simply removed to a normal place it's just gone to normality um yet the agents themselves as well as the press wants to believe or report on something completely different um and that's really frustrating for me it's really frustrating that we have we have this impasse um but it is what it is you know competing with the mainstream media is almost uh, an impossible task well it's quite interesting is that um i'm in contact with a number of national newspapers when i you know when i post on linkedin my my stats that show good stuff and they just bounce it back they're not interested. They really are not interested. In fact, I will not mention the name, but there's by all accounts, there is one national newspaper's property editor. He's so anti-landlord and anti everything what they stands for. We could we could almost be talking to someone from a from from the Eastern European country in the 1980s. Obviously, I'm not going to mention their name, but honestly, we are bat we are battling against journalists who want bad news stories and and it's really hard work lee your thoughts yeah I, I i completely agree chris and i think the other bit that really stands out is that 
you know, media and headlines. Um, it, it is all about the drama of uh, price. You know, price is not the biggest um, indicator of um, uh, the quality of the property market in either sales or lettings, um, or the, the the drama stories that that we see in terms of housing quality, which actually is is super important. And we in 2022 can't have a housing stock that is putting people's lives at risk and creating some of the headlines that we've done this year. But it's such a small proportion of the market fundamentals that it it, it falls upon agents to provide data and information that helps people in, in in property transactions make the right decisions and Harvard talked about it earlier that the landlord, landlords right now are interested in in rent guarantees their thought process has taken a market dynamic and gone to a particular place and agents being able to help with that that thought process is super important um, I mean, but I mean, it, it is it is challenging right because you you know you it is now a good time to sell am I going to get a good price people will talk about a singular dynamic that's picked up by the media rather than you know this this is where your children are going to live this is this is home for your family this is where you're going to spend christmas and it's going to decide where your children are educated and you know how they're able to interact with family and friends from a geographical perspective it's you know those really important factors of where you're going to live are just just not not covered off by media coverage at all but the other thing that they're not they're not taking into consideration is, um, you know, price, the, the the rate at which house prices were growing in the same way that interest rates remaining at, you know, circa one percent. Both of those things were completely unsustainable in the longer term. And the two things changed. Admittedly, they changed um, in a bit of a perfect storm at the same time with with such pace and therefore that's had a significant impact on the market but if house prices were continuing to rise at the rate that they were and interest rates were continuing at you know circle one percent it just wouldn't have been a good thing or a healthy thing for the market and first-time buyers which the media are always jumping on the bandwagon about would be becoming increasingly difficult to yeah. get to ever get on the market and it was causing continued challenges on demand and supply so you know there's no there's no balance on on that reporting either which is which is absolutely essential there's no question in my mind that those two things needed to happen house price correction need to happen interest rates needed to increase it's just at the pace at which they happened and they collided so catastrophically that had the impact ian and what i do want to ask you is should we be afraid of price uh, price corrections if that's the word but uh, add your first point first well, let me answer your one first, actually. Uh, uh, no, I don't think we should be afraid of price correct. I think we should be more afraid of transactional volumes um, decreasing significantly, because I think that's a much, much bigger issue to overcome. I think house price correction is no more scary than house price inflation. You know, if, if, if it's radical at either end, it's a problem. If it's somewhere in the middle, who cares? Um, I, I, you know, I'm with Lee. I think the vast majority of people don't necessarily buy and sell and move because of a business decision. They they do it because it's a home to live in. It's a place to spend Christmas. It's a space to uh, have memories and things like that. So and, 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 and that will never, ever cease. There's nothing on earth is ever going to stop that happening. What does happen is the people's affordability to act on that desire to trade into a different property. And we're just going through this little bit of a perfect storm, as Verona said. And I, I've got to be honest with you. I'm all for a perfect storm because they're done and dusted quickly. 
you know, we, we if we'd have had a long lingering issue, then I, I think that would be a lot harder. This perfect storm, it's quick in, quick out. It's going to be sharp in. It's going to be sharp out, in my opinion. I'm not, I'm not an economist, but that's what I believe will happen. I also believe if you're a good agent, it doesn't matter what happens in the storm. You find the advantage of that and you 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 pick on it. But Matt's stats, obviously, I'm fairly close to Matt and I'm, and I'm aware of all the stats and we've done some great work on, you know, we, we can now identify the top moving estate agents in the UK. We can see their habits and their solutions and what they're doing by, by both share of sales, value and, and volume of listings, etc. We've got all the stats and you can see some really good commonality between their behaviours, their suppliers and their leadership thought process. But if you think about this massive growth in three beds coming to the market, um, generally speaking, the stats would support that it's older people that own them. So, so we, we know that slightly older people are moving and we know that they own family properties. If there is one set of properties that have been missing from the market, which is why you saw that big drip in listings pre-COVID, where, where we were absolutely stuck for shortage free and during COVID, is because those lovely family homes weren't coming to the market but they're like a magnet they, they pull people that are downsizing they pull people that are upsizing and if you put a good property in front of somebody regardless of press headlines if they can afford it and they want it and it's in a street they want to be in they will act so these very properties that are now coming to the market in volume go and get your share of them because they will magnetize whoever it is they're trying to attract whether it be an upsizer or a downsizer so we also have the perfect storm for opportunity as long as you understand that the property you've just been listed on is now your biggest asset because it'll attract inbound calls as long as you market it correctly using people like Lee and as long as you as long as you market it correctly by getting on the telephone and phoning your database because that skill's largely possibly been lost. Um, but it's it's it, it is an interesting it, it's an interesting conundrum because the headline I can't remember a time in my 30 odd years in, in, in the industry whenever the headline makers got it right. And I don't think they're interested in right. I think they're interested in clickbait. I think they're interested in, in sensationalism. They're the same people that predicted on March the 20th that the housing market would drop by 50%, that we'd have 30% unemployment, and, and the transactional volumes would drop to 400,000. Well, which of those predictions came true? The answer is, well, we had zero unemployment. Okay, it might, might trickle up a bit now. We had house price growth, and we had transactional growth. They couldn't have been further wrong. Um, ignore the press. Ignore the press. Look at the data, make your strategy. Matt Gilpin, great, great thoughts, by the way, Ian. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, well, agree with all of the above that's just been said on this. I think it, from from what we're seeing, certainly Christmas has come early to the uh, the, the property industry, and there's just a kind of the, the sort of the, the usual Christmas slowdown. Just it's just it's just come a bit earlier. Um, I think uh, things that we, yeah, definitely, um, Lee, you were talking earlier before about the composition of the market and and understanding that, and so okay, so if they're so yeah, we're, we're seeing there's a, a now a, a a huge surge, or that you know, the the percentage of the market that three bed semis uh, or three bed houses would historically have taken is now really skewed. So that's that's growing. Do you, what well, Ian, what you've just been talking about, go and say, okay, right, well, because that's the biggest share of the market now, we're going to go and try and bring a load more of those on, because potentially people are moving uh, in that space. Certainly, is is the cost of living crisis increased? um energy costs to to kind of heat bigger bigger properties the thing that's finally going to maybe bring bring the downsizes into the market um because you know they, especially you know they're on pensions and kind of you know, fixed income right okay we, we we need to do something so uh there might be that sway that but it's 
it's or should we actually if there's if now say flats is forming uh a it's sort a of lower percentage of the market go and kind of bring in try and bring into the market the properties where they're, they're they just make up less less market share now um and i think the other thing that i just wanted to sort of uh sort of comment on this as well about kind of buyer perception and uh with what's going on with the, with the press is um thing we're talking a lot about at the moment is is this okay well if the press is saying house prices are going down 10 percent next year eight percent whatever uh figures that are currently being being uh you know discussed on that day let's just demonstrate that that the price that the property that's on the market you're taking around to view has you know obviously using comparable say well look, that's that's kind of you know that's already had that price decrease in so that somebody doesn't go and say oh, oh I see that property for 200,000 well the press say it's going down 10 percent, so we're going to offer 180 is actually we'll tell you what it's actually look here are the comparables to show you that that's already been uh factored in um so yeah just a uh, my few yeah. uh, two pennies on a few things there if only there was a firm that could do great comparable reports eh? that would be wonderful <laughs> wouldn't it there you Ooh. go that's that's sprift for you by the by the way boys and girls other uh, comparison websites are available let's go to lee wainwright Indeed. yeah i was just picking up on, on what matt said there and for me and kind of absolutely nailed earlier what you my view on the answer to that that first point that matt said so people with three bedroom houses are moving more they're a bigger proportion of our customers than they were you know, 12 months ago two three four years ago you talk to them you find out why they're thinking in that way you understand that customer base and just just like with the rent guarantee product becoming more prevalent in your messaging you understand what's going on with those customers and and you respond accordingly within your agency and and for me that that's what the best agents in 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 are very very good at is understanding that you know, but, but this is a massive decision with, that people make when they, they they sell their most valuable asset, they move their family, and there will be things that are driving those those thought processes and those decisions. But don't, don't second guess them. Just talk to the customers and understand the moves. And you know, I, I remember going back to two thousand and eight and sitting down with with a pad of paper and just going, "This is unbelievable. This is the best time to move." And there's lots of similarities now you think how hard has it been to buy or rent a property in the last 12 18 months because you're one of 10 buyers who wants to get it mm. you know that that's bloody horrible when you're trying to select your home and you are going to be disappointed you're uh you know a block open viewing with 25 other people you're disheartened before you've even started those those trading conditions were not good for for buyers you know that that's really different now when you know, paying over the asking price to secure a property, not having to do that anymore. Actually, if, if I was buying a house, I'd much rather buy in today's conditions than in, in any of the conditions that we had from sort of July 2020 up until Q3 this year. And then if you if you overlay the, 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 the economics behind that as well, well, do you know what, if property prices are going to come down, well, if I was moving up market, I was going to get 300 grand. I'm now paying 400. The difference was 100. Okay, so I might get 270, but I'm going to pay 360, and my difference is 90. You know that there are some fantastic opportunities to educate customers, to make them feel good about the decisions that you want them to make, and to work with you know genuine home movers in the UK in a way that that represents our industry in 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 a way that we're all really proud to be connected with because we do make a difference to families across the UK on every single day, week, month, 
whatever's going on within the, the, the market fundamentals. Ian White. I think a dynamic that I pick up in the marketplace that's really interesting picking up on what Lee says is that the, the big corporate agents fully understand the data. They know what's going on and they know what the strategy should be, but struggle with implementation because generally speaking, they're such a big organization. What's happening on the ground floor doesn't have the capability of carrying out instruction or, or delivering it. Whereas the smaller agents have the capability of being able to deliver the message more succinctly, but don't understand or have access to the stats. Um, then you've got the middle group, who are the group we're seeing that are growing the fastest, who are regional players who have four, five, six offices and beyond. They have the understanding and the growth and the leadership team. And I, I, I think it is a time, there's a question come in, actually, Chris, which is relevant to my response, which is, we need to collect, the problem is, as the UK, we still see the other agents as our competition. Right now, whether you like it or not, the mainstream media is our problem. They are the issue. And if you, I, as you know, I work all around the world, I work in all different countries. This is the only country where the leaders and, and, and the, the, the movers and shakers will not get together for common policy. For example, and I don't want to blow smoke up your bum, but if every single agent took one of your charts and posted it out on the same day with an ad spend behind it of about 20 quid, we would be able to penetrate the marketplace. But they won't do it. If, if we all had a common... Uh, rhetoric and then localized it to our individual local market because i think it's important that we remain as local experts to coin a phrase that lee will be familiar with from his from his from his uh, from his past um you know but we can't i, I you can read out the i think his name simon has, has raised a question on the, on the on the forum below but it's it's a real shame that the, the, some of the issues within our market can be very easily solved we have the information we've got the, we've got the technology we've got the leadership what we don't have is the uh, willingness to collaborate to be together as a unit we see online versus high street high street versus up front and agent with this market share versus that market share it's all cobblers and it's killing our industry it's, it's making us all small little tiny independent players against the press the enemy is the press not your competitor down the road we need transactional volumes to increase if transactional volumes increase market share even if it remains stagnant in lettings or sales creates growth um as well as i think obviously fee 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 increases perhaps but um but i think i think it is down you know we and our, our leadership teams that the people that supposedly represent our industry where's their message where is their uniformed message supposedly protecting their subscribers to say hey this is wrong this is not right these are the real numbers where is it where is it i really would love somebody to uh pick up that challenge and run with a proper organization that, that actually put, put put the message out there properly. Um, I'd like to go, quite a few put your hands up. I'd like to go Lee first, then Harry, then Verona. A yeah, short one from me then. So uh, Ian, you started that with saying the biggest challenge we've got, and I think Simon's question refers to it as well as the mainstream media. And then you finished it by saying, but we're, you know, we're not, we're not driving the narrative and providing our own rhetoric. Yeah. For me, the latter is the opportunity because the consumer wants this information and certainly with social media channels as, as easily accessible as they are right now. This is an opportunity for estate agents to win massively and you know, some really good agents communicating within their local environments right now. And you know, I, mean, I, I, just, I, I just love listening to Perry Power and the way that he talks about his customer and the work that he's doing with those customers. And, and for me, agents have got to do it more. And the mainstream media are not going to do us any favours, but 
let's be honest, they don't do anybody any favours. They want to sell newspapers and media space. It's down to us. Let's just let's just get it done. Let's, let's just engage with the consumer in sales, in lettings, about the stuff that matters to them, and they'll talk to us. Okay, well, let's go to Harry. Now, Harry, I particularly would like your point of view because you're very senior in property, Mark. So I don't know if you can talk on that behalf, but I, but do you think Property Mark could be doing more? Well, uh, in terms of engaging with consumers. Getting the message, is it, okay, well, is it the responsibility? Uh, it's everyone, let's agree, it's everyone's responsibility. Every yeah. man, woman and child that, that's in the state agency to tell the story. But, but in terms of leadership, and I know there are other organizations out there that are similar to the Guild, Sorry, so similar to Property Mart, like the Golden Ran, but it should Property Mart should Nate and I'm a huge fan of Nathan, so nothing against Nathan. But do you think you you guys should be shouting a bit louder? I mean, I I actually think it it's not necessarily all down to Property Mart, and I think to pick up on on Ian's point, actually, I think it is the individual agents themselves to to work in collaboration with their competitors. So. I was at a uh, unnamed uh, industry agency event uh, recently, and I bumped into a competitor of another large estate and letting agency in Gloucestershire that I'd never met before, the owners. And they were gobsmacked when I suggested that we meet up for a coffee. Uh, they were like, why? <laughs> so, well, look, we both run big agencies in Gloucestershire. Let's meet for a coffee. I know most of the other big agency owners in the county. I don't know you. It'd be really good to meet up, to chat about our industry. We both do a fantastic job for our clients. We deserve to get the fees that we, we have. Let's talk about our, our area. Let's talk about how we can make it better. And, you know, let's just go for a chat. And they were, they were no, nobody, none of the competitors, had, it seemed like had ever approached them before and asked them to meet for a coffee. So it just, it's strange to me for me it, my industry my area is so important to me to make it as good as possible and i don't know why other agents wouldn't be working together to make it good as well i think i think that's a great sentiment could you answer the question that i asked though in terms of perhaps mark mark <laughs> could be and, and that's nothing against what you said what you said is amazing and if there's one big takeaway which I'm, I'm i'm recommending is this because we're going to do a follow-up poll at the end saying what your biggest learn i'm going to say it here and now it's that but anyway sorry go on look i can't speak on behalf of, of nathan um in terms of the the communication that they're doing with regards to getting members to work together um, I know that they are really pushing members to fill in things like their surveys. The data that we get from the surveys is what we take to local governments to make a change. So I think in terms of that message, it's bang on. Uh, it's only a tiny percentage of members actually fill in their surveys. We need more so that our data means more to take to government. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think personally that Property Mark already do a great deal with regards to getting members to work together, um, getting their agency. No, not, no, not work together. Talk about what's actually happening in the property market. Okay, so we'll get their members to talk about what's happening. Or them centrally talk to the talk to press and things. We'll go, we will go to Ian, we've got Verona next, but, just, you know, you don't mind me asking, but... Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the stats of what Property Market have been doing over the last year, uh, they've got an in-house PR team now, and the amount of coverage that's been going uh, in national press, local press, is this sort of up by 200%, it's massive. So I think that they are, they've identified that that's something they can improve and they're working on that. And okay. I'll give them that, they're, they're, they have got a good team, but probably if you could message back, I don't know what everyone else thinks is, is let's actually see what's happening in the property market to prices and rents and stuff like that. Let's go to Verona. And oh, by the way, as I said, big thank you for that other um, 
tip. That was wonderful. But Verona, then Ian. Look, I think uh, we all have to admit that our sector is incredibly competitive and that competition drives in lots of cases really good behaviors but in lots of other cases very poor practices and you, you only have to look on linkedin on a daily basis and see how uh, competitive estate agents are and, and by the way at every level in an organization whether that's a leader whether that's a local property expert whether that's a negotiator it's incredibly competitive um, but I absolutely 100% agree that unless we collaborate more, and Chris, you and I had a very recent conversation not that long ago about exactly that. There is not enough collaboration in this industry for the greater good of the sector. Um, so I am absolutely more than happy, and I'll put myself out there right now to say I am open to collaborating with any other estate agency business in order to help us all do a better job for this sector because i genuinely believe we can only be successful and we can only call the end of this mess that we're all in right now if we work together and if we convince the both our customers by the way because there's a huge education piece for our customers to help them understand the journey that we're on but also to say to the press, actually, it isn't as bad as you say it, it, that it is. And here's the data and the the, the insights to, to help educate people around that. How, how refreshing is it to hear that from a top 10 UK estate agency CEO? It, it, amazing, amazing. Let's but can I in. just say, Chris, I, that is genuine. I'm not saying this for clickbait. That is genuine. We want to work with other agents. We want to work within the sector to, to improve things. Lovely. Ian White. I just want to be clear that I'm not anti-competitive. I want it to be competitive. I want it to be aggressive. I want us to fight for every single little tiny lettings instruction, sales instruction, and I want my clients to win. But I want the market to be bigger and more valuable. And that can be created through, through collaboration. You've only got to look at Australia. They, they fight like cat and dog. Um, they, they are very competitive, but they're very professional, very respectful, and they do collaborate for the good of the industry, the industry's reputation, the educational piece. Um, and the messaging piece. In Australia, the messaging has been completely uniform because, because the body that does 95% of the training out there has provided the collateral and every agent has taken that collateral and pumped it out into the veins of the marketplace to give them the ability to complete because agents have massive databases. The mainstream media don't. What they have is a big, big, loud voice, but they don't have the amount of data that collectively we could push messages out to. So it'd be lovely to collaborate. I'll be the first to be on the phone to Verona, uh, Verona to have a cup of coffee and see if we can hook up some other CEOs of the bigger, the bigger boys and say, look, what can we do? <laughs> but we will, be fight, we will be fighting you for every single instruction. And, every oh, single and we'll be and fighting back, don't time. worry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, and I'd, yeah, I think that's how it should be. I, I wish you well because most of the buggers won't even want to come on a bloody watching sofa or even talk to me. So, but you know, if we can create a, a movement, who knows? Right. Um, I want to, has anyone got, I want to just go around the room now and just do a final takeaway from today. What's the one thing that I think a, you or agents should take away from today? But is there anyone else got anything else that they want to say on this topic before we do the final takeaway? Because we're, we're, we're screwing up to 10 o'clock. 
there's one just one point just to, to Ian's point about Australia um, and I, I totally agree because I've also worked in Australia so I understand that sector but you could look much closer to home um, the financial services sector in this country is incredibly competitive but I have seen a huge amount of collaboration in that sector in the last six months and you see lots of um, business owners, lots of advisors offering their education to the wider world, offering their education to customers and to other brokers, reaching out to help each other. We don't have to look to other countries across the other side of the world. We just have to look across the fence to some of our own very well-established businesses to, to look at better ways in which we can collaborate as an industry. And it's interesting that they regularize, went regulated and hopefully YOPA, not YOPA, sorry, ROPA, could actually help yes. us with that. There you go. Right. Okay. Final takeaway. I know you've got to go bang on 10. So, Verona, your final takeaway from today. Um, well, Ian and I are going to change the world. So, that's my takeaway. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt from Spresh, Matt Gilpin. I'd say, uh, yeah, check the uh, the composition of the, uh, of, of the market because it's definitely changing. Definitely is. Uh, Lee Wainwright. Talk to customers listen to what they're they're genuinely thinking about and why their behavior is changing and use that to to get yourself a competitive advantage i think the way and harrod explained that was was just really really valuable and by the way experience as well when i got the job in and when i got dixon's in the midlands i've kind of been working elsewhere in the country and i thought let's let's get all the agents together um and they basically all turned up just to fight with each other and um, tell each other, t t tell me why it was never going to work. And um, uh, I just think that that's such a shame and where, and where we can get agents. I, I would encourage everybody to have a look at what Perry's doing right now. I think it's 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 brilliant and, and it's absolutely consumer centric. Um, and it's the sort of stuff that will, we'll, if we were doing it more often, would transform our reputation. Excellent. And Harrod? Uh... Number one, ignore the press because it's not true what they're reporting. And <laughs> number two, uh, analyze, take time to analyze your data and ask why. Good stuff. Um, myself, before we go to, to Ian White, talk about the property market. There are lots of suppliers out there that will supply you great content about the property market. You can look yourself if you take the time and effort to do it yourself. Get off TikTok and start looking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love watching videos of cats on Roombas, but there's so much stats out there. You can go and have a look. If you want to know where to look and you want to just pick my brain on where the stats are, give me a call any morning between half seven and half eight. I'm more than happy to take a call while I'm on my uh, on my walk on 07950147572 and I'll give you some guidance and support on that. Final words with Ian White. Well, it would be very simple. Focus on the opportunity and seize it. Um, the, the focus on the opportunity and seize it. It's that simple for me. Um, I've made more market share gain and more money if you want to be crude when there's been a shift in market conditions from good to bad than I ever did the other way around. Um, so, so focus on the solution, focus on the uh, the opportunity, because it's pretty big, in my opinion. Thank you for your time, everyone, today for 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 giving your opinion. Uh, thank you, Srinath, for organising it from, from Starbury. This is formed part of the ICG, the Innovation and Collaboration Group of PropTech and Estate Agency Suppliers that come together to help estate and letting agents' jobs a little bit more useful, helpful. Uh, in 2023, we'll be doing a series of other webinars which will help you get more market share and sell more houses. And again, we'll come back and, and have more great panellists like the one we've got today. 
I wish you all a, a great Christmas and a happy new year. Take the opportunity that this market has. Don't be afraid of house prices. Just, just go and get the market share that you deserve. Look after your team, move forward, look after your customers and you'll be happy. So let's wave goodbye to the boys and girls out there. And thank you for your time, everyone. Wishing you all a 20, happy 2023.